play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host Neil Maligno. Of course, I'm joined by the green screen maverick Josh Crocker. What up, Josh? Hey, Neil. How's it going? Not much, man. I hear your green screen uh, skills these days are off the charts. Dude, they're so jealous. They they can't handle it. <laughs> Listen, man. I respect it. I respect how quick you're picking up on this ability, man. So, um, you know, it's respect. It's, it's commendable. You know, it's commendable. Um, I've had help. I've had help along the way. The IT department is strong out there. I, I, I respect <laughs> that too. Yeah, well, <laughs> my my girlfriend is in film and film, and so she knows some editing things. She's kind of oh, helped me out. That's why you're getting crafty with it. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like half impress the kids, kind of half impress the girlfriend. I think it's. I think she's playing. It's, it's a little bit of both. I, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, of both. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, we have no Adam on the show today. He uh, last minute. Uh, canceled on us i guess he could he says it's his internet he's moved to a new apartment i guess i don't know if, i don't know if the internet's out or he's just enjoying all the new space i don't know what it is but he says the internet's not working we have to take him at his word it is what you it think is adam's like in a bubble bath right now i think so i think so this is the yeah. first time in his life he's been able to stretch his arms and not be able to reach for you know multiple rooms at once <laughs> oh that's right adam probably has more than one room now yeah he's probably just running all over the place because he doesn't know what to do <laughs> So it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll let him enjoy his, his day. You know, uh, that's what we do here. Major shout out to all the clock Dodgers. Listening, man. Listen, hey, shout out to everyone. If you've been listening since day, day one, episode one, or this is your first episode ever that you've heard, we appreciate you all the same. Before I do jump into football, Josh, I did want to make sure that we gave proper love and uh, respect to Chadwick Bozeman. Uh, he just passed a few days ago after a four year battle with cancer. Uh, you know, everyone knows him as the Black Panther, basically. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things. It's sad. It kind of puts life into check. And, you know, for me, we cover fantasy sports here, but I always do want to make sure that we hit on the real life shit that's happening. And, you know, we talk about pop culture, music, movies, all these things. But like this was one of those things for me. It's like, you know, for a lot of people, he's like their superhero for black people. He's their superhero because he was the first like true, you know, black superhero for real. It just is what it is. Right. And it's crazy. It seems it's just weird that that's the case, but it is what it is. He really was. And so he's been a lot of other great movies besides that. He's always played these really important characters, Jackie Robinson, all these things. And so it was kind of like just out of nowhere, right? Like nobody knew he was fighting cancer for years. He told nobody. And I just think there's so much to take from it, whether you've seen his movies or not, whether you knew his art or not. Like there's something about that that I thought like was powerful, right? Like I felt sad. But at the same time, I was like, well, he didn't tell nobody because he didn't want them to like feel bad, right? Like he wanted people to continue to just kind of, you know, enjoy his work and enjoy what he does and kind of celebrate his life like he was trying to do. But I was like, man, like this dude accomplished so much while doing that. You know what I mean? And like hiding it at the same time. And I was like, it's motivating. You know what I mean? Like not that death should be motivating us, but I guess it is in a way, right? Like, yeah, it might as well motivate you. It's going to yeah. happen anyways. Yeah. Like, I don't think that he wants the opposite to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to, you know, make, give a quick mention to him because I, I didn't want that to pass without. I was trying to you know, show my kids today. I mean, we, they've already seen Black Panther and everything, but it was on TV the other day on, I think, NBC or one of those channels. So we sat down and watched it again. They had a nice little thing about his life and stuff. But yeah, just, you know, spread his spread his art out there, man. I do put it all put it all out there. I respect it. I seen one actor. I, 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 he, he felt pretty bad. He was like, you know, when he was doing a movie with him, um, 
he's seen him getting like pampered, like massages as they were coming off the set. His girlfriend kept tending to him, all these things. And when his wife asked him, like, what do you think about him? Like working with this guy, he's like, I was so excited to work with him, but he seems kind of like he said precious. I think the word was, he's like, he keeps getting like pampered and taken care of. And now he like feels terrible. Cause in reality, those people are probably just helping him get through it. You know what I mean? Like every little thing. So I was like, man, it's inspiring to, you know, to hear that yeah. story. So yeah, you never know what people are dealing with. Exactly. That's a good reminder. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, shout out to him. Moment of silence for that dude. And, and like I said, give, you know, watch his work, do all that good stuff. And let's try to, you know, take that and motivate us. However, Besides that, there has been a lot of other news, a lot of sports news as fans of, you know, the great sport of football and participating in the amazing game of fantasy football. We were blessed with what feels like nonstop news today. It feels like it just kept on hitting us. I don't know if I'm wrong on that, but it just felt like it just kept on drip, 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 hitting the timelines. So I feel like I guess the first big one is probably Joe Mixon. He signed a new deal today, four years, 48 million we can all take a deep sigh of relief now, Josh, or? I mean, with everything else that's going on, it does feel like this is pretty significant, you know, <laughs> in, in a world of running back holdouts and teams just refusing to play that game. I think it's I think it's a big deal. I think he probably moves up a couple spots of ADP. Oh, so you're not worried. You're not like, oh, you know, they finally gave the man his money. He's going to relax now. Gonna take it easy. You're not concerned with none of that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, from a dynasty perspective, it it matters. You know, maybe this year it shouldn't matter that much, but mm-hmm. we know he's gonna be a Bengal next year. Yeah, he's not he's not holding out. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a good thing for Joe Mixon. I mean, you know, hey, let guys get their money. I'm happy he got paid. I'm always happy when they get paid. And you know, for those who who already like Joe Mixon going into this year, obviously this should only make you like him more. Um, if you like them less than some of the hype that people had around them. I mean, this again should not be a negative in any way, really in reality. So this is a positive sign for Joe Mixon and for fancy football. Um, the rest of the news that follows here isn't so positive. Um, so I want to get the positive out of the way first, you know, you always ask, well, do you want the good or the bad first? I didn't ask. I just told you, um, the next one, which I think this one was probably the bigger story is Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was released by the Jaguars, straight up released, meaning they couldn't get anything for him, Josh. Anything. It almost feels like a personal vendetta, right? Like, we're just going to cut you. <laughs> straight up. He also cleared waivers. So that makes you wonder if there's news that we don't know about, if charges are going to come, or if just some kind of drama is out there. I hope not. I hope it's not what it is. I hope that, you know, nobody wanted to you know, get strapped to whatever salary he had, which I don't think it was a ton that he had left, but um, maybe they just wanted to kind of start fresh, give him a prove it deal or something. Again, we got to remember, like these teams are probably, you know, shy to just grab a guy and pay him a bunch of money who hasn't been working with their team, who, you know, they have no idea why this guy was just flat out cut from his team. Um, it's an inch. It's an, it's a, it's a weird scenario because as soon as he got cut, everyone is out there, you know, talking about the Jaguars running backs, talking about, you know, the Jaguars offense, I'm aware where's Fournette going to go. Everyone's, you know, making their their predictions. I don't think it's really worth trying to predict, do you? Like, just No, I think, I think you're right. Nothing in that backfield feels solid to me. You know, they don't even have, a, like, a Latavius Murray or a, even an Alexander Madison sitting there. It just feels like the, the, next, the next Jacksonville running back is not on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for my Raquel Armstead shares, but I also read today that 
he's not at camp yet and divine ozigbo might be the front runner at this point so i don't know it's safe to say i want no part of this backfield unless they you know sign some some other running back that i believe in or that i feel you know confident in with the contract they give him that he's gonna be a guy there um and as far as where Fournette goes, I really don't want to think about that either. Like, I'm just going to wait like, and see where it actually happens. I would ask you this, though. If you have Fournette, which you may on some of your teams, um, what are you doing right now? Are you trying to move them? Are you just sitting still with it? Like, what are you doing personally? I mean, if somebody was, if somebody was really going to send me a ballsy offer <laughs> and try to, get, try to get Fournette from me, for something like Hallie. nobody's gonna offer me Aaron Jones. I know that, <laughs> no. but like maybe David Johnson, maybe. What What, what about like a, a Marlon Mack, a Philip Lindsay, like a lower tier guy, but like you know he's gonna play. You know kind of what his role is. Philip Lindsay is interesting. I think that he has ceiling as a player, but I think that he might also always be facing the Duke Johnson just give him a chance problem. Okay. So I would be hesitant to do either one of those two. All right. Are you a buyer of Fortnite right now? Are you out there chasing him at all? I So for me, I think the buy line is like somewhere around Devin Singletary. If I could get rid of a Devin Singletary for a Leonard Fournette, but I, that seems unrealistic. Right. If I could give up, I could give up Cam Akers and get Leonard Fournette. I might play that game because mm. we don't know. We don't know that Cam Akers is going to be anything. Like I, I feel like there's an equal amount of risk there. Yeah, there's definitely risk on both sides. I think I would be on the Akers side. I don't think I would take Fournette over Akers, but um, it, it, it's a it's a weird situation to happen right now. You know, like the season is super close and things are really, you know, teams are really hitting their grooves and they're, they're they know who they are at this point. And so, you know, for this all to happen right now, it's just weird. I, I personally, in my opinion, and for advice for anyone asking, I would stay away from the Jaguars running backs. I wouldn't go hard for any of them right now. I wouldn't go crazy trying to grab one of them or thinking one of them or the chosen one. At the same time, if you want to go after a Fournette, you can go after him. I wouldn't give up a lot. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those situations where. You know, if you have them, maybe just sitting and chilling and seeing what, you know, what comes of it, uh, maybe the best bet. But in reality, you have to think about who's going to sign them. You know, what are the options really out there for him that make a lot of sense that'll get you excited? Like we know that he was a uh, he had he had all the workload in, in Jacksonville. Right. I mean, if he yeah, goes somewhere like else, he, what happens? He, did. he pulled a ton of volume and he was on a not great team. So like his his efficiency stats were not great, but I feel like he was also not playing a very favorable role. He, you know, right. like he, he had to carry a lot of weight. And so he wasn't super flashy in doing that, but I'm okay with, I'm okay with what Leonard Fournette did last year. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it's kind of a wait and see approach with him. We'll see, you know, if you could buy him for the, for the good prices, do it. If you don't want to move him yet, you want to kind of wait, just wait. Um, but don't, don't, don't start getting crazy about the Jacksonville backfield and who's going to be the next star there. Just what relax. about, Sorry to cut you off. What about DeAndre Swift for Fournette? Nah, I'd rather have Swift. I mean, I I understand Swift has that rookie shine. He's got he's got some ceiling maybe that we don't know about yet. I mean, Carry On Johnson said, "There's nothing you could teach him, Josh. There's nothing I could teach this guy." I sit back and watch him and go, "Wow." <laughs> the situation's terrible, though. I don't know, man. <laughs> that that's where it gets tough for me. Yeah, I, I hear you. It sounds like you're willing to move him. 
if something is tempting enough and you're willing to buy him if the price is, you know, in your wheelhouse where you feel good about it. Um, and that's fair. I mean, I don't know if those places converge, you know, if, if it's if it's possible, you know, in terms of people who have them and whatnot. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, how quick do you think this will resolve itself where he goes? Geez, sometimes I feel like it should resolve itself so quickly, but Devonta Freeman has been sitting there. That's like, true. what what are we worried about with him? He, I thought he would have a team by now. Yeah, he may be a Jaguar. That's what, this is what's crazy, man. It's just it, it, it's going to get nuts. I, I I hope it's resolved in the next couple of days so we don't have to, you know, bounce around on this idea and what's going to happen. Which backfield is he going to hurt? Uh, we'll, we'll see. There, it may be a shock, man. It may be a shock where he goes. Who knows? Um, we know with with COVID and the way backfields are, a lot of teams are starting to move into that backfield by committee. They believe they need a lot of guys. And so who knows? He may It may shock us where he goes. We'll see. Um, as if the Mixon sign-in and the Fournette news being cut wasn't enough for one day, it was also reported that the Saints were open to shopping Alvin Kamara. This came out the blue as well. However, uh, Kamara has since said that he made no trade requests or holdout threats and that he'll be back at camp tomorrow. It's also important to note that he did say that he had a epidural shot in his back, which sounds not so great. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening here either. Um, how this how this got out, you know, the Saints saying they would trade him. He's saying, hey, I didn't say anything about like asking for a trade or anything. Like, I don't know what's happening here either. So this is some more kind of like weird, fishy news. I don't know. What, what, what are you making of this, Josh? I think that Alvin Kamara has probably made his uh, requirements known to his agent and his agent has probably had some communication with the team and it hasn't been very fruitful. And so, you know, maybe Kamara is like doing his own thing, getting ready for the season, but talks with the agent and the team have not gone well. That that's, that's my readings of reading of the tea leaves. But like, I also read that the saints were looking for a first round pick, which is kind of like, you know, uh, who's going to do that? Yeah. So they're they're asking for a ton. So they're not what I would call a motivated seller. Right, right, right. And that's that's a big difference. Um yeah. so this again could just be news. That's just news and it's just you know, they wanted to jump on top of all these hot headlines and get out there with something and that's the way to get it on top, you know, get on top of it. Um so again, one of those situations is kind of a wait and see approach. I don't think we need to worry about it. Um, but it certainly, you know, makes people get a little nervous and, and maybe we're just hungry for news. You know what I mean, it could be just be that maybe we just get crazy every time a headline hits us. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah very, I, very possible. Yeah. I'm not concerned about it. The epidural shot actually concerned me a little more than just the trade news, but, um, who knows? I mean, I don't know. That could be something that's kind of normal, but it doesn't sound like it is <laughs> so, normal if you're having a baby. Yeah. It's normal if you're having a baby, uh, if you're a football player, I don't know if it's good. And, and normally, yeah. even if you're having a baby, it's not really the best thing, right? It's kind of like you have to do it if you're in a lot of pain type of thing. Um, yeah. So I, I would know. be getting an epidural if I was having a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> idea. Makes, <laughs> makes you feel good, Josh. Makes you feel good. Um, however, those previous headlines were the big news. It didn't really stop there because the Raiders uh, presumed starting wide receiver Tyrell Williams has gone on the IR. Uh, this pushes up. The love that we have for Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, I suppose, Josh. Henry, I like Henry Hugs. Ruggs. I like that. Hey, I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be hugging him. You're gonna want to hug him when he gets all these touchdowns for you. <laughs> yeah, I I think these rookie wide receivers, like I'm excited to see him hit the field. I mean, this only gives you more of a love for it, man. Right? I mean, it only gives you a little more excited because I mean, especially for Brian Edwards, because Tyrell Williams is kind of the role 
that we were assuming they would kind of be together, you know, like they're kind of similar players. So it kind of makes you feel like, hey, I mean, this may force the young guy out a little. And I don't and see. I, I never like I never know if that's a good thing. I know we all want, the, like you said, the shiny rookie out there and we're excited about it and his potential. But maybe it's not a good idea to rush him either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, maybe this puts unnecessary pressure on him, you know? Yeah, it might be kind of like taking Madden out of the box and putting it straight on, like, whatever the highest difficulty is. Yeah. You, you might hate that game. Yeah. But yeah. I I think these guys, I think, I'm, I think roll them out week one and see what they can do. All right. If you had to pick one or the other, Edwards or Ruggs, who would you have on your team, Josh? Well, I, oh, man, speed translates, right? Like, Henry Ruggs. I feel like he's going to know how to run week one. And they might just say, hey, go out there and be fast. Where I can't be more excited. Grant Edwards guy. might need to acclimate a little more. I could be wrong about that. No, but. I think you're right. I think you're right. For whatever that's worth, Josh. For however much you care that I think you're right. It means the world to me, Neil. I'm glad it does, Josh. I know it does. <laughs> Other smaller news, Juju finally emerging as the best wide receiver at camp. I guess you guys have been waiting for that. I haven't because he's not the best wide receiver in, in Pittsburgh, but... That's okay. Curtis Samuel doing the opposite in Carolina. Which one of these are bigger news to you, Josh? I believe the Curtis Samuel news that he's just not keeping up with the DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And the Juju thing to me just seems like a coach just talking shit. Like I don't really (laughs) believe that Juju was slacking or was anything but maybe injured. Or maybe that Deontay Johnson guy is just really good, Josh. I think he might be really good, but I don't think that you know means anything for okay. Juju. Okay. Uh, so maybe he's maybe the two of them are competing to be the best receiver. That's fine. Yeah. Well, Juju's like gonna be playing the slot too, right? So he'll be he'll, he'll get to so. eat. He'll get to eat regardless. They'll all get to eat, man. Big Ben is back in town. Yeah, I think the biggest question is is Ben is Ben Roethlisberger washed. Because I don't think he was playing very well before he got hurt. But something we did point out is that they had a lot of bad quarterbacks last year, and they still, you know, did okay. The worst? The worst quarterbacks. It's funny because, you know, I've been buying sports cards recently, right? Got a little back into the game. And every time I see someone trying to sell a Mason Rudolph card, I get so pissed off. And I'm like, (laughs) how can you dare sell that card? And if you are, you can only assume that I'm using it to burn it. Like, there could be no other reason. Like who wants that card? Wallpaper, a public <laughs> bathroom or something. <laughs> I see it and I'm like, nobody wants that card. We don't care how shiny it is. No one wants that card, man. Get out of here with that. Get it off my timeline. All right. I mean, that was a lot of the big news. We'll continue to kind of pluck away out of here as we go through our, our segments. But those were a lot of the big headlines. The Fournette one, obviously causing the most static. Kamara was like, what? It's kind of like, a, you know, what's going on here? This was coming out of nowhere. I mean, so did a Fournette, but the mix of news was pleasant for some people. So those are the big headlines. Let's just get into the rest of the show, Josh. We'll get through some more of this. Let's start with trust issues. Chris Carson is 100% trust or trust issues. I trust it, man. I I trust it. I think Chris Carson is just like, I I think he's just about the work. Uh, I saw the Pete Carroll quote today, which was kind of funny because it was, like actually saying nothing, Pete, Pete Carroll said that he hasn't taken a snap where he didn't look good. So <laughs> for what we know, 
he might not have even taken a snap. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I buy it. I buy it. I think Chris Carson is good at his job. You know, he's not Elvin Kamara. He's not even Joe Mixon, probably. But he's good. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. If, if, you know, I'll buy that he looks great. He has fresh leg stuff. I think the one positive that we all can disagree on here is that he's not asking for a contract extension right now. And if your running back isn't asking for a contract extension, I guess it's good right now because when they do ask for a contract extension, it usually gets crazy and they get Kamara or they get Fournetted and it's not good. I just turned them into verbs. Yeah. Hmm. Nailed it. I wasn't even sure I was about to say nouns. That's how (laughs) slow I am, folks. Well, they are nouns, but you were using them. (laughs) Yeah, I was turning them into something different. You know, trying to adjust things here. So we both trust his. We trust him. We trust his health. We trust his health. We'll see what happens. Um, J.K. Dobbins will have a significant role in the offense. We have talked about this young man a lot on this show. Do we trust that he will have a significant role in this offense? That's what his coaches are saying. Do we trust it or do we have trust issues, Josh? I trust that he will be the number two until until something happens. Like, and I don't. It could be that he's just better than Mark Ingram, but. So I mean, let's I say let's say this. You're saying he's going to be the number two. He's behind Mark Ingram, but can we both agree that you could still have significant role from the number two spot? Yeah, yeah, they could. Especially, you know, the thing is, I think Ingram's going to get the passing work, and if you're going to be the secondary guy, I want you to get the That's passing true. work. Yes, but they ran so many run plays. This is also true. And so did Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Yeah. So, so my question to you then is, what is this guy? Is is this just coach speak, or is there something we're not accounting for here that this guy's going to do? My expectation right now for J.K. Dobbins is that he's going to be like, uh, you know, bigger, better Falcons Tevin Coleman. When you put him, you go ahead and you put him in the flex, knowing that you might get an RB three week, but you also might get you know, a, a boom week. Yeah. That, that's what I think he's going to be until he solidifies some more volume. Yeah. In that off. yeah I'm with you on this. I, I, I trust that he can have a significant role. I don't think he will straight come out of the gate. I think like what you said is perfect there. You can put him in your flex and you can go, he's on a team that's really good and an offense. That's a bunch of badasses, and they make big plays and they score a lot of points. And JK Dobbins just needs a slice of that. He just needs a play where Lamar Jackson has wore out a defense. But Mark Ingram has wore out a defense. But Marquise Brown has been shredding them in bombs. And he just needs a couple of plays to make your day worth it. You know what I mean? So whether he has a significant role in the offense straight out the gate, it's hard for me to trust it. I do have trust issues with it. But I think in your fantasy team, in the flex spot, he has a significant role. And I trust that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I I think, you know, Mark Ingram has been disrespected forever, and I just I expect him to be the RB1 on that team and get the lion's share of the work. But I think Dobbins is no slouch. Sure. He, his college target share was 54th percentile, so he's at least an adequate pass catcher. So I I want him. I want him on my teams. I think he's going to have some value. Yeah, we're he has fans. a lot of feeling. We're fans. We're fans here. Next one, Adam Gase wants to do a better job of utilizing Le'Veon Bell. Do you trust that statement, Josh, or do you have trust issues with it? I will, first of all, say we wish Adam Gase would just do a better job, period. But we can start with Le'Veon Bell. Trust it or have trust issues? 
I have trust issues with it. This is my least favorite kind of coach speak when they say like, we need to use this guy more. That just makes me feel like they're not comfortable with it or they're not, it's not natural. Like I remember a couple of years ago when uh, they were saying, we're, we're not going to use Christian McCaffrey that much again. Like that's the kind of coach speak I want when it's, we like this guy so much that we cannot take him off the field and we know we can't keep doing that. That's what I, that's when I'm like, uh, he, I want that guy. But when they say we're going to give him, we really need to give him the ball more. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I hear you, man. I hear you on that. I hear you. I'm not, I'm not against you. I mean, for, for me, it's like, I just don't trust Adam Gase like at all. Like we've seen his track record. It doesn't, usually bode well we've seen all this crap all this coach speak all this like jets fans aren't excited <laughs> you know what i mean like why should we be <laughs> no, they're not you know what i mean so why should we be why should anyone in fantasy be excited why should we believe what this guy says i would hate myself if i said i trusted anything with adam gates's name in it except that he's bad um so i have trust issues with this one uh the next one we have jonathan taylor is a candidate to contribute in the passing game trust or trust issues josh Okay, I want to I say one more thing about Le'Veon Bell, and then I'll, okay. I'll make sure I come back to that. But um, do you, I remember I used to be so mad at Kobe Bryant for breaking up the Lakers with Shaq, <laughs> yeah. and I really feel like Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, I'm not sure who I'm mad at, but I really feel like it's the football equivalent. Okay, break out like, the Steelers. That, that, those Steelers were so good. They were so good. I'm sure there's still their sympathizers right now listening, and they agree with you, Josh. Yeah, they so I'm just you. I'm just sad that we didn't get more years of that because everybody was crazy. I say it's Big Ben's fault. Oh, yeah, he's an asshole. He's the wild like, card. <laughs> what is, what is it about quarterbacks in Pittsburgh? <laughs> Don't tell me no Ben Roethlisberger rookie cards either, guys. Um, <laughs> screw you on that one. Who who's worse? Who do you think is worse between him or Mason Rudolph? Yeah, as a person. Yeah. Yeah, as a human being. A, I, I don't think – I don't know, man. Adam Gase. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's worse at this point. They're both bad dudes. Like, I don't like either one of them. I, they couldn't be more of, of quarter, a quarterback duo that I hate more and despise more. It's they, true. They I, I, can't, I can't pick one. Okay. So, Jonathan Taylor is a candidate to contribute. Well, first of all, this was a quote off of Roto World. I feel like it says absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I trust it. I trust that he is, in fact, a living, breathing human being who might catch passes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's probably a pretty capable player in the passing game. So I, I do trust it. With Naheem Hines there. Yeah, with, uh, with, with a bunch of good catchers. I mean, there's a bunch of good receivers there, a bunch of young guys. They got Marlon Mack still there, and he's been dropping passes, Josh. I know you've seen the stories. Yeah, it, it's it's the touch squeeze, man. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I have trust issues with it. You guys wanted me to say he was going to take the running game. Now you want me to say he's going to take the passing game. I'm not, I'm not doing this, Josh. I have trust issues with this. Oh, man. The smarter, more rational part of me wants to just say that it's probably not going to happen. Like these little pass catching Naheem Hineses and theoretics, whether you want to admit it or not, they don't just go away. They don't. They don't. They're some of our favorites for a reason. Yeah. We like those guys, man. I have trust issues. I don't think you're brave enough to say it, Josh. Say you have trust issues with it. Say it. 
I, I do. I have issues. Beautiful. I, have issues. I just want to put them away. Okay. I don't want to look at them right now. You're not proud of them. I understand. I understand. The last one we have here for trust issues, Tua's injuries will play a role in who is the week one starter in Miami. Trust or trust issues? I think it will play a role, but I also think that just the fact that they're making this statement that he might start week one, like in my mind, it was, is Tua playing this year or is he not? And they're talking about week one. So to me, they just answered, is he playing this year? Yeah, he's playing probably a lot. That's where I'm at. Yeah, see, yeah, I definitely have trust issues with him starting week one. And, And I believe like, you know, like you said, all the reports coming out are saying, you know, he's healthy. He's healthy. He's fine. But like that the injury is not going to be ignored, right? The injury that he had. So it's like, it's one of these things where like, man, like it even happened in basketball this past season where like the magic Jonathan Isaac, he had a knee injury. It wasn't one that he didn't finish the season with. Like he, he, well, he didn't play, but then like in the playoffs, he came back. And I know things were delayed because of, you know, COVID and everything, but he did come back. And then he re-injured it again, and now the, now the uh, the GM is saying he will we will not see Jonathan Isaac next year in, in a Magic jersey playing basketball. So it's one of those things where it's like, is the risk worth worth the reward? You know what I mean, do you, do you really want to take the chances of feeling like you could potentially be pushing this you know too soon, or do you want to wait? I say you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. You've had prior success with him. You just let this thing slow burn. You know what I mean? Like we know what we have, we know he's there, we know he's capable. We're gonna keep playing him in practice and and get this guy right and and, and just see how this thing progresses. But like, there's no reason to to push this, you know, this this thing happening in week one. So I have trust issues with it, as you know, it's all health related, obviously, because I think once he's healthy and once he's, you know, every everyone feels good about everything, then he's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course. But um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like, you know, when you have a guy like Ryan, you're kind of fortunate to to let this thing wait, you know. Yeah, I think if everything goes well, uh, Fitzpatrick goes out there and they're winning games and they can kind of turn Tua into the, the human victory cigar and trot him out there and let the fans love him for like two series of some games. But I don't know if they if they're sucking it up out there, there might be pressure to do something and then who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, he's it, it, it sucks because he's one of those guys who like, especially like as as he first starts playing, I'm gonna like cringe every time he's like someone hits him. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. I, I can't help it. Like I already know that he had this injury. I know that I feel like he's he's back super quick. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna be like, oh please don't hurt, please don't get hurt, please don't get hurt. Like every time I, go, I am, you know, we're rooting for the guy, the young dude, uh, talent. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, week one, I don't feel great about it. Um. All right, I didn't – I don't have anything for 10 toes, Josh. And Adam's okay. not here, so maybe we'll skip this one. That's um, fine. All right, let's just – we have listener questions. We have a lot of listener questions. We have at least six listener questions, and some of them have two questions in the question, Josh. So <laughs> I want to make sure we get to these. Shout out to everybody, man. This, this was one of the more higher-end contributor weeks that we got a lot of questions last minute right on the shot. We're enjoying these. We love listener questions, whether you're sending in topics that you want for the show, guests you want us to talk to, just questions that you have about your league, whatever it is. Um, rather than DMing me your questions um, and, and having me kind of help you guys that way or, or sending me messages, like, let, let me know it's for the show. We'll put it on the show. We'll talk about it on the show. But I want to make sure you guys are clear that you're good with it being on the show because I know some of you guys are doing this just secretly and you don't want your league mates to know. But listener questions, these were all public questions sent to us when we asked 
So shout out to everybody here. Um, the first one is at Coke Driver 82, aka Eagles fan gone fishing. For the record, he's he's pushing legal Coke, the beverage, not the nose candy. I think I can't confirm nor deny, but my heart wants to say he's pushing the legal stuff, folks. Coke Driver 82. He asks if we're fading Hawkinson because of his ankle injury. And also, which do we feel is a better stash? Hawkinson or are you are you fa- are you concerned about the ankle injury, which has been kind of happening here for Hawkinson? And then also on the back end, which guy would you rather stash in your team? And obviously, I'm sure your league setup and all that kind of stuff would matter here. But uh, what, what's your take on this, Josh? My take on this is that young tight ends are a bad bet unless you are playing in a league that that is like super, you know, two tight end, some kind of premium. I just I think that Brandon Ayuk offers you more upside than a tight end outside of the top three or four tight ends. So that's that's where I would be on this. Just man, Hawkins has been on fire at camp, Josh. I I understand, but I feel like unless you're missing out on the next Robert Gronkowski, Stafford's a top four quarterback quarterback compared for you. Can't get there without Hawkinson balling out. I don't know. I think he probably could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sell Hawkinson, man. Here, I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, you know, I've been wrong before. Okay, Hawkinson has a lot of a lot of pedigree, a really great profile. I just feel like the position of tight end. Uh, we we get a little caught up in scouting, and yeah. I just don't feel like there's a lot of upside at the position. Yeah. To be I, fair, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, push Josh a little bit. Um, I think Ayuk is the safer play here to stash, um, just because, as Josh mentioned, like especially it depends on the league, right? Like if you are in some tight end bonus, super deep league, all this kind of stuff, then I, I get the argument someone will try to push for Hawkinson. Um, but definitely Ayuk has the the upside in your smaller leagues or your more traditional leagues, just sort of PPR leagues where there's not all this other. Uh, fun stuff going on with the scoring. Um, he's just a safer guy to stash, especially with all the injuries and everything crazy that's happening down there um, in San Francisco, over there, up there to the west, wherever you want to say. <laughs> I guess depending on where you're from. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's a safer play for both of us as far as the stash. Um, and I forget how long his injury is for, but was it that long, Josh? Do you recall? Ayuk or yeah. Hawkinson? Ayuk. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I saw a blurb today that said Jordan Reed was looking really good. In oh, Tampa. please, can't because Debo and Ayuk and Kittle were all on the sideline. <laughs> so <laughs> someone has to catch the ball here. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt that Jordan Reed is good when he's healthy. It's just that that doesn't happen yeah. as much as we would like. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it'll be fine. But yeah, we're both choosing Ayuk here if we have to go one or the other. Next one, fancy D Jack with his typos. Confusing as shit at first, bro. You asked in PPR, one quarterback keeper leagues. I guess this is the league that you're in with him, Josh? Yeah, yeah, me and, me and okay. him are in that one. He wants to know which two of these four would you opt to keep? Chubb in the first, Tyreek in the second, Aaron Jones in the third, or I believe it was Miles Sanders in the fifth. Since you're in this league, I'll let you go first, Josh, as I've been doing all show. Okay. I think that you've got to go with Miles Sanders in the fifth and Tyreek in the second. Wow. I, I think that page. taking Chubb in the first is uh, that's bad. Well, I'm I not mean, crazy you, about you know, it. You've also got to figure that the first round of this keeper league is is going to be diluted. So you know, it's not a first round pick really, but uh, Miles Sanders in the fifth, I think, is by far the best choice, and then. I've got I've got Tyreek as a top 
uh, without looking, I think a top three wide receiver. So I'll go ahead and spend a second round pick on that. I would pick Tyreek above any of these guys, period. So Tyreek in the second for me, Miles Sanders in the fifth. That's who I'm keeping. I think it's an easy one. I don't know anything else about this league, but from what the details he gave, seems like that's all that matters for me to know. Josh, who are you keeping in that league? Tyreek and Miles. Okay. Tyreek. Oh, and you mean your on team, my team? Your team, yeah. I, okay, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> this guy is crazy. Bad, you know? This guy is crazy. Okay, so it's a one QB, and I have Lamar Jackson on Ooh. the roster, but but it's a one QB league. <sighs> that is a bummer. So, yeah, I think he was either a seventh or a ninth round pick, and I don't think I can do it. I think I'm going to do... I think I'm going to do Godwin and DJ Moore in rounds four and five. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like throwing Lamar back really. That hurts. It sucks. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> Quite the uh, position you're in there, man. Yeah. I, I just don't think that it matters in a one in a one quarterback league unless he is the QB one again. You know, and you're banking a lot on it. But I guess you said seventh or eighth round. Yeah, it's it's later round. It's it's I mean it's 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 something you could deal with, right? I mean it's not yeah, it's not gonna kill you if it doesn't if it's not the best decision. <laughs> if somebody else did it, I would not give him any crap about it. Right. If they kept him. Do it, do it, do it. But then I have to throw back Godwin or DJ Moore. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I feel you, man. Take the wide receivers. Probably. Next one, at generally underscore where over at Fusion Fantasy Football. He also typoed the hell out of his tweet, making it very confusing because <laughs> he put a screenshot <laughs> he along with it. Everyone's making a lot of typos tonight. Hey, I respect you guys for sending the questions, so I'm not going to judge you too hard. Um, but his was a trade question. He's offering – I'm not sure which side he was actually on, but – Melvin Ingram and Damian Williams for Latavius Murray and Sterling Shepard. Um, a bonus question on this. He asks, why is our friend of the show, Brad Duff, taking two weeks to answer it? Um, which, hey, that's a play out of my playbook. Everyone knows I would take two weeks to answer a trade as well. So I'm not going to judge you, Brad. I respect it, man. Take your time, buddy. Uh, but where do you feel on this one, Josh? Damian Williams, Melvin Ingram, Latavius Murray, Sterling Shepard. This trade puts me to fucking sleep. I'll tell you that before you answer. Um, but, but go ahead and uh, <laughs> But go ahead and give your uh, your opinion here. I I think Mark Ingram is the best player in the trade. No question. That, that would be where I would be leaning. Uh, you know, Adam is pretty high on Sterling Shepard this year. Get out of here. So I mean, I wonder maybe we're gonna get wide receiver two out of him, and then we got this crazy news about Alvin Kamara today, and Latavius <laughs> Murray is sitting right there. But uh, Latavius Murray has had a chance, and he was not great. I don't. I don't really see Latavius Murray inhabiting the lead role as a, as the Saints running back. Bro, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton. Who yeah. cares about Sterling Shepard, bro? Who cares? I'm tired of trying to care. This this trade puts me to sleep. Melvin Ingram is the best thing in it. Damian Williams isn't going to play football. Latavius Murray, I didn't know he was still playing football. Sterling Shepard is never healthy enough to play football. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is my trash for your trash. Who wins? Melvin Ingram is the best player in this trade. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Brad, take your time, man. Give it another two weeks. So tell him to send something more exciting next time. Uh, the next question we have is from Chipboy Rich, J Rich. 
Hey, listen, if y'all ain't following Jay Rich, I'm disappointed in you. I'll just tell you that, first of all. It's a good guy right here, man. We've had phone calls off of Twitter, bro. A good dude. Smart dude. Over there with Ray. Good guys, man. He asked us. This is probably the best question of the night, too. What players have we changed our opinions on the most from the beginning of August until now? Good or bad? Who's been the biggest guy that we've moved up or down your boards? I think it's a good question, Josh. I didn't really prepare for it, but I think it's a good question. <laughs> well, I'm glad you think it's good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk for a little while here. Um, I One guy that I have been forced to give more respect to is Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry finished as the wide receiver 12 last year in PPR. And I really feel like the Browns are, are bound to improve and that Jarvis Landry will have a big role in that. And, you know, the Browns were terrible, and he was wide receiver 12. So I feel like Jarvis Landry is being underdrafted. And then another one that I wanted to say here is Mike Evans. Okay, Mike Evans, he had 1,700 air yards last night, or not last night, that would be a really busy night. <laughs> but, uh, last year, 1,700. 1,700. And, and that was by no means a career year. He has three years over 2,000. Like, you, I just can't fade that as far as he is being faded in ADP. I understand that Tom Brady is there, and he's not going to be as reckless with the ball as Jameis Winston was, but... Man, 1,700 air yards. Like, you, you just, it, you can only hold it down for so long. I agree. I agree. It is, it is, man, I don't know though, dude. Like, I don't know. It's just one of those guys, like, man. I mean, what what's changed though? Like, what made you push most so much? Just a realization? Just looking, just looking at the stats that I that I want to be anchored to, the things that I know matter, that I want to make decisions based on, and it's not a story about how Tom Brady is washed. You know, it's it's things like air yards, like, and it's also knowing that Godwin, Chris Godwin, ran so unbelievably hot that it will not happen again. Like. Godwin is not going to finish where he finished. And I feel like that also plays a part in the distaste for Mike Evans at this point. So he, you know, I, he's not my style of player. Okay. I really don't like catch the ball and fall down. I really prefer <laughs> slot receivers like DJ Moore, who are going to get a lot of targets and have a lot of chances to break one loose. But Mike Evans just like, you, you just can't, you just can't turn your nose up at 1,700 air yards for very long. I hear you. I hear you. It is hard to deny. I mean, I guess I I, I already I already liked him a lot, but I, I I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You weren't as high on him before. You moved him up a, a bit here. You, do, but you, do you, you don't put him above Chris Godwin, right? Or do you? I think I do. Let okay. me pull up my ranks. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't have them up. <laughs> typical, uh, typical. You. Yeah, I've got, I've got Mike. No, I've got Mike Evans just just behind him. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, that was wrong. I have Mike Evans ahead of him. Okay, so you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. I've got Mike Evans at wide receiver five. All 
I mean, it's not. I, it's I, hard I, to argue against. I mean, I get it. He's behind Michael Thomas, Julio, Tyreek, and and DJ Moore. One of those is a little silly, but like, I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins changed teams. All right, so I'm not putting him above Mike Evans. Kenny Galladay, maybe I could make a case for putting Kenny Galladay over Evans, but I want Mike Evans over Devontae Adams. I want Mike Evans over A.J. Brown. I want Mike Evans over Keenan Allen with Tyrod. I'm with you on that. All right. Mike Evans floats up. Okay. Okay. Was that, was that the only guy you had? Or did and, well, else another guy that I... I, when I, have I, two. I went through and did my wide receiver ranks for our show that I found myself having to be very high on was DK Metcalf. And I hadn't really been on that train. I don't think I have any DK Metcalf in Dynasty, but I, I have big expectations for DK Metcalf. And it's just it's just because, I mean, 100 targets year one, that's a pretty good club. You know, <laughs> that, That's another one of those things that, that I want to be tied to. And and he's he's got Russell Wilson. Like I feel like the Russell Wilson DK Metcalf relationship, there's a car alarm going on. I off. hear it. I hear it. They're not happy with you what you're saying. The Russell Wilson DK Metcalf relationship might be about to about to really get going. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Those are two good ones. Those are two good ones. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go much lower in, in the rankings here. Um for two guys, I'm going to do one that I'm happy about that I already was happy about, but I'm happy that he's stayed healthy to get me to make it feel even better. And then the other one is a guy that I'm disappointed in. That's a rookie. Um, so the the guy that I'm happy about is Jerick McKinnon. Jerick McKinnon, man. You know, I've rode this bandwagon. It felt like till the wheels fell off. Um, but it feels like we might be putting some of these wheels back on. We might be getting some new tires, some new rims, because my man has made it almost to the beginning of the season. So... While I felt good enough to keep him on my roster all these years in dynasties and whatnot, he's actually coming back around. And I'm excited, man, because, you know, you get you get your doubts, Josh. You get your doubts after a while, even when you want to believe. You get your doubts. So I, for one, am happy to hear that he is healthy. The 49ers need him. They're ready to use him. So that's one guy who has gone up, even though I've already had him in some leagues and I've kept him this whole time. I'm really happy and feeling much better that he stayed healthy and got back to health actually. And the other guy that I'm disappointed in that I've dropped down a lot is Tyler Johnson. He got drafted by the bucks. Everyone liked him coming out of college. He had Tom Brady as his quarterback. I thought there is no way this goes wrong and it has gone wrong, Josh, because guys like Godwin and Evans are amazing. They added Gronkowski. And then Tyler Johnson has been hurt and he hasn't been able to do nothing. And then Tom Brady's out here talking these other guys up. How they're so good. They're going to have major years and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm concerned. So Tyler Johnson is a guy that I felt really good about having in Dynasty, especially. So I'm answering this question from a Dynasty perspective, kind of, on this guy. But um, he's a guy that I was excited about. I thought he could contribute year one. I thought he could do some things and kind of be sneaky in some games, especially if somebody got hurt. And here I am thinking, like, I... I contemplated cutting him today, right? Like in a dynasty league, going into the final roster spot that I had to cut down, but I did ultimately keep him, which is, I don't know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, Tyler Johnson's a guy that I thought high, more highly of, and I'm not so excited about it anymore. So those would be my two guys going one way and the other. Um, 
I sounded bad, but yeah, uh, those are my two guys. One sinking and one rising. You mad at those, Josh? No, not at all. If there was ever, if there was ever a year to believe in like your favorite running back deep stash, this is the year. This is the year, man. I've been believing, but now that you say it healthy this whole time, I got to push him up back to my back to status, man. Um, yeah. I'm happy I never let him go, Josh. I'm kind of proud of that. Um, a couple, a couple of guys. I didn't think to do fades on this, Neil, but a couple of guys that I think I have faded lately that I liked more before are both of the Rams wide receivers. Wow. Just, Why are you fading them? Just because you think they're going to eat into each other's stats or you're just not as excited about the offense or like, what is it? Like for one thing, I feel like that Rams offense wants to be a two tight end offense. I I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure what they're doing. We also, we got this weird, like screaming hot first half from Cooper cup. And then it was the back half for Robert Woods and cup completely went away I don't like that this offense is so in flux. I it, it just it 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 bothers me. It bothers I, me, and it's also just not extremely high volume as far as air yards per game. Like Cup was at sixty air yards per game. Robert Woods was at seventy eight. You know, most of your early early round wide receivers, like uh, Devonte Adams, hundred air yards per game. Chris Godwin, eighty nine. DK Metcalf, 81 as a rookie. These guys are at 60 and 78. Like, meh. Yeah, no, I get it. I I even get upset when I draft Cup and either Woods goes before him or I see then someone posting something like, he's top five potential. Woods is top five potential. I'm like, what? Like, come on. These guys both can't be, you know, top five or top ten in my eyes. So, like, when a guy I'm drafting pretty, you know, decently early and then his counterpart is being told, you know, is being told to me that he's just as good or, you know, it can be, can be just as productive. It makes me a little nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or annoys me a little bit, I should say, because I do believe in cup over woods. Um, but there are some in that woods over cup camp. You know, it is what it is. I feel like they're very close. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I don't want them to be as close as they are, Josh. I'll be honest. What's that? <laughs> I don't want them to be as close as they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, the next question, good question, Jay Rich, good question. Uh, the next one from Beryl Joffrey, does all the running back trouble legitimize, legitimize, legitimize zero running back, or does it make robust running back even more important? How do you feel about this, Josh? Are, are you can? Are are you kind of understanding zero running back right now with all these you know things that are popping up left and right that we just mentioned today? Or do you feel like I still don't care? I'm still not on that camp. Why well, am in that camp? Like, where are you at? I okay. So I've I've always been on the the zero running back bandwagon, but I feel like you're going to have people win leagues both ways. You're going to have the guys who manage to pick right in their robust RB approach, and they're going to do very well, and that's great for as long as you can pick right. But I ultimately, like from a philosophical point of view here. I don't think I want to be playing in a way that says I know better. And I think that playing the zero RB approach is, is the humble, like, I, I may not know better. Let's take advantage of some of the things that are definitely true. I like that approach better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been, I, I've tried both, right? Like I've tried both sides of it and, you know, like you said, you get mixed results because both sides do have success and both sides are failures. Um, I mean, for instance, like I have a draft that I'm in right now. 
it's a super flex tight end bonus. My only I'm, I'm through nine rounds and my only running back is Kenyon Drake. So okay. you know, you know, how, you, you, know are, you are. I like it. I, then this is a very Neil draft. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how this story ends. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know who my yeah. other running backs will end up being some guys that nobody else wanted or didn't believe in it. I had to, you know, do what I had to do to make some magic work. But yeah, man, this is how this is how I do it. And sometimes I'll start the draft with you know two running backs, Eckler and Drake or something. You know, so it just depends on how I'm feeling, where I'm, what slot I'm in. Um, that dictates a lot sometimes whether I go, you know, running backs early or not. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But, you know, Josh Bigby, as much as I think you two are like very different people, Josh Bigby likes to talk about that's generally aware for for everybody out there. Um, the high ground approach where, you know, if if they are letting the other positions slide. I don't know what the rest of your roster looks like really, but you just, you continue to take advantage of the players that are sliding and you don't worry and chase the players that are going quick at a lesser value. And I think, I think you're really good about that. I think you're really good about not being afraid to take a different approach because the reality is 11 out of 12 guys are going to lose every year anyways. Yeah. Yeah. My first five rounds in there were Michael Thomas, Kenyon Drake, and I followed it up with Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, and and uh, Calvin Ridley. So like, I like those. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah, you're winning the flex. Is what you're <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it all plays out with the other positions at quarterback and tight end and whatnot. But and and the rest of my running backs. But like, yeah, I like those guys, and so I keep finding those guys at the top of my you know rankings when I'm picking, at the top of my queue when I'm picking. And that's where I'm going. That's where I, that's where my heart's at when I when that when that pick comes around. And again, if I was in a different slot in this draft or the draft was going a different way, like you're saying, I would just be flexible and adjust. That's why I don't like, you know, so many people marry these strategies like zero running back and they like die on that hill or, you know, you know, whatever it is, late quarterback, early quarterback, you know, no tight end. So end of the draft, like whatever it is, like why, you don't have to marry any of these things. You can feel strongly about them. You can, you know, make it your foundation if you want, or if you will, you know, approach it that way, however you want to do it. But at the end of the day, you have to stay flexible. You have to be willing to adjust at the drop of a hat. You never know how these things are going to go once you get into it. And so I just feel no obligation to marry myself to any type of strategy. That's just how it is. I think it's the right way to be. It's just a little scary sometimes. I know. (laughs) I know, Josh. It's a little volatile for you. I get it. Um, The last question we have here from Austin underscore G underscore H. Say hi to grandma for us. Which coach or coaches are most likely to be fired before the end of the season? No Raider jokes, Josh. No Raider jokes. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, so which which teams are the most likely to be uh, unexpectedly bad? And I think I think Adam Gase needs to be on that list. <laughs> I would like very much for Adam Gase to lose his job. He's and the, maybe not, he is the lock of this list. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe maybe not get another job. How about <laughs> that? Yeah, and then you know what if the Steelers stink again? They might be looking for a new direction. Tomlin? Yeah, I mean, I know he's like, I know I know he's Mr. Establishment in Pittsburgh, but I think the people are going to want a team. And then I also think that Bill O'Brien in Houston could be on the way out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, not so sure about Tomlin, but 
Bill O'Brien should be if he fails this year. Because, I mean, they've given this guy all the power in the world, right? So at this point, they're like, hey, what excuses do we have left to save your job? But again, I don't know how married they are to this guy. They've given him a lot of power. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Sometimes owners get too in love with, you know, the guy in charge. Um, and then Gase, like you said, he's the obvious choice. Like, if it seems like the fans want it of the team. We want it because we hate the guy. I know a guy who can teach you how to green screen mean, bro. You don't need to be an NFL coach. This guy will teach you the game. He will give you the gems. Right, Josh? The the funny thing is, like, that that stuff that I do is, like, the most basic application of iMovie. It, <laughs> it is so simple that it's just, it's kind of It may not be simple for him, Josh. Let's not be little people here. Okay? Patricia yeah. is another one that needs to see his way out, I think. Yeah, it's potential there for that one. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who, like, really, really sticks out that bothers me. Um, I don't think there are any other ones that really, really annoy me. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the, the real, you know, sloppy ones to me. We'll see what the, I mean, eh. somebody is going to be much worse than we expect. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's hard to tell. Those are the ones that we're not gonna be able to predict. Those are going to be the guys, and I hope it's not the Raiders like you want to say because you're going to get your jokes off. No, I mean, John Gruden is like – What about Doug Marone in Jacksonville? Yeah. Yeah, they – like cutting Leonard Fournette, he, they own themselves, I think. Like why not? Why not just keep him and, and you know, get the last year out of his contract – Run it like he did last year. What are you, what are you doing? Cutting this guy for nothing? Yeah, it's weird. It was a weird move. I think they said they tried, right? That's what they claimed. Um, I believe they did. I believe they came out and said they tried everything they could. Um, all right, that's it for for the questions. We appreciate you guys. You guys sent in a bunch of great questions this week. As always, we get hit always with some good questions whenever we ask. So shout out to all you guys who contribute. And that's us. We love interacting with you guys, getting to your questions, and trying to help. Or just have a good conversation that you're looking for. So we appreciate it. Um, foul or no foul. I just have two for today. One is football related. Actually sent in again by a listener, friend of the show. And then one was one was one that I see on the internet. And I was curious what you thought about it. Uh, and then we'll close this bad boy out. So the first one, foul or no foul, Josh. No one single human should be allowed to be worth $200 billion while others struggle financially. Foul or no foul, Josh. Dude, I, uh, I, I'm this, more. This is a very, the, you know, contentious argument. It is a very contentious argument because you, were, I think, what's so ingrained in us that these people are like somehow the best people, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't punish them. But it, it's just, it's just a horrible, horrible allocation of resources. You know, now if a person is worth two hundred billion. And they are keeping all of that or very near all of that in circulation through all of their businesses, through everything that is going on, then I'm, I'm less upset about it. But if they have billions, which seems likely to me, just sitting in a bank account somewhere, I, I just, I don't see how that's a great allocation of resources. <laughs> yeah. And some people complain about the very fabric of the system that allows it to be possible. You know what I mean? Like that, how could that be possible? Because it's off the backs of others. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't have done it yourself. It's impossible. You know what I mean? So there's all these arguments. But I did bring it up because Jeff Bezos is the first person to ever be worth $200 billion. 
Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And, I mean, it's hard to fault him for building a company like Amazon. I mean, I, I appreciate the innovation that he has brought. I use Amazon all the time. And for I sure. certainly don't want uh, like a situation where the Jeff Bezoses of the world no longer feel motivated to innovate. But I also think that this idea that people will not want to climb that ladder unless they can become worth $200 billion is kind of bullshit. Right. Like I think right. I think there are things that drive Jeff Bezos that would continue to drive him if he was only worth a hundred billion. Right. They do say that there's that happy standard too, right? Like once you make a certain amount of money, you're technically kind of like satisfied. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's a threshold effect, right? Like I think you're absolutely right. There's more money is in no way improving his life. Yeah. And you have to wonder if it's even the driving force, which I, I mean, and again, like we're not, we don't know what these people do, you know, for other people, for, you know, all those kind of things. And I've heard people like Joe Rogan mentioned before, like that he has no issue even being taxed more. As long as you show me like, what does that go into? Like, do I have a say in this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, can we make sure I'm helping people with this money that you're taxing the hell out of me for? So like, there's a lot of different, obviously, you know, different ways to approach this and look at this. But I was just, I thought it was interesting that he's the first person to ever do it. And then curious to how people feel about yeah. it. Um, and I'm sure we'll get mixed responses because everyone feels a little differently. Um, I mean, Joe Rogan gets a vote just like everybody else gets a vote. And you, he should not get more votes because he has more dollars. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think I think. But what about I, more I, like I, more focused control on what's actually happening? Like we say we're voting on stuff but like is it really happening? Like, do we know that that's what's happening? Like, I don't know. I guess there's a. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens in government and politics that we think we're doing and we're not, right? So Our, our government is absolute trash. <laughs> yeah. okay, so let, let me tell you, last football season, I had a, let's just say, questionable tele, TV provider for NFL games, <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay. And um, because of this TV provider, I got Canadian commercials. And part of these Canadian commercials that I would see all the time were like government infomercials when they would just come on and say, hey, everybody, citizens of Canada, here's the problem or here's our new policy. Here's why we have it. Here's how this is going to work. And it was like, holy shit, I think this is what government is supposed to do. And it absolutely does not happen here. Like Facts we we have got to we've got to do something i i don't know what it is but our government is terrible yeah there's lots of changes that need to be made and for anyone inquiring uh josh will not help you get a subscription to that service and uh, it will not be a sponsor of the podcast um, they were but. so shady like, <laughs> like it's a website you go to the website don't incriminate you yourself josh what don't incriminate yourself here <laughs> you go to the website you pay the money it seemed very legitimate, but from like, you can just tell, like, there's no way I should be paying this money and getting this many channels. And then when you also get Canadian commercials, it's like, oh, they are definitely stealing signals off of satellites or whatever it is they do. <laughs> Next week, Josh will not be on the episode. Let me go ahead and tell you guys now, because a couple of gentlemen in black suits will be paying him a visit. Um, <laughs> good luck, Josh, where they take you. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the uh, submitted friend of the show submitted foul or no foul again, barrel barrel shout out to you, man. 
As always, we appreciate it. He threw us one here. He said Jacksonville Jaguars did Leonard Fournette dirty by cutting him right now. We talked a lot about Leonard Fournette and what's what's going on in this situation, but Josh, it was dirty, foul or no foul. Um, th- they did themselves dirty. They did themselves dirty. That was a stupid thing to do. Like you don't let an asset go for nothing. Hand him the ball two hundred times. Like what? I just I I think it was a foolish move. I I hope that it doesn't negatively impact Leonard Fournette's career. But now that he has already cleared waivers, it seems like it's probably going to. Yeah. So no foul. I mean, I I agree that it was dirty for the Jaguars to do to him, and I also think, like you said, I agree with you that it hurts them too. So it wasn't a benefit to anybody. And um, I guess the one positive is he'll get to pick where he wants to go now, sort of. You know, with waivers. Yeah. If that's true, then maybe maybe what they did was not so bad. Foolish, but maybe I, I really hope they did not hurt Leonard Fournette's career. Man, I want to put you on the spot here. Josh, tell me, tell me where he's going to sign. Kansas City. Ten toes down, Josh. Leonard <laughs> Fournette in Kansas City killing Clyde Edwards Hilaire's stock. That's right. Mr. <laughs> Potato Head. Going down. Dude, what if he goes to dun, 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 New England? Oh, my gosh. Fournette. Yeah, that seems like if the price is right, that seems like that could definitely happen. Fournette will be a Patriot. Book it, guys. By the time you hear the next episode of the Cloud Dodgers podcast, Fournette will be done in a Patriots uniform taking handoffs from Cam Newton. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Leonard Burnett is souped up LeGarrette Blount. It could <laughs> totally happen. All right. Let's close out this show. This has been a fun episode, jam-packed with stuff, jam-packed with content, jam-packed with everything, and no Adam. So all positives. <laughs> um, show and tell as we close this thing out. I, I Okay, my show and tell this week, I have two new pods that I'm listening to. I'm going to let you choose which one I share with the audience today, Josh. Either a sports-related pod or a murder pod. Which one do you want me to share? Sport. Let's give us a sports-related pod. All right, all right. Sports. The sports pod I'm going to share is called All American Tiger, which I'm sure you can guess is about Tiger Woods. And it's a great podcast, man. It's only, I think, two episodes in, but it's about kind of like the rise of his career and then, you know, his success, the fall, and then trying to come back. Um, so, so far, it's only, I think, two episodes in. At least that's what I've listened to. It's been really good, really well done. Um, I think it was done in like Stitcher and partnership with some other people. Um, but yeah, man, really good stuff. I'm not a golf fan by any means. I understand he's the best golfer ever. I'm just saying I, people are going to hate that. But yeah, he's the best golfer ever. Changed the game like nobody else would. It's a really good podcast. I can't wait till it gets into all the drama. But uh, yeah, man, it's a good podcast if you're looking for something, just something different. It's a series, obviously, so it's not going to go forever. It's just a, a series about Tiger Woods. But um, I, I find it interesting, man. It's good stuff. So definitely, I, I highly suggest it for my show and tell this week. Josh, are you a golf fan? I I don't mind golf. I don't know much about golf. Neither do I. Neither do I. I played once as a little kid. Literally smacked my mom in the face with the golf club. Oh. And I said, you know what? This probably isn't my thing. And I gave it up. That was it. I have a lot of those kind of memories. Like I did something, it backfired. I never did it again. So I think it's a good, important lesson for us guys. Just do stuff. It's gonna you're gonna fuck up. You just never do it again after that. That's how I look at it. I I swam that golf club once, Josh. It was miniature golf after that for me, buddy. I I I am into miniature golf. That is fun times. (laughs) (laughs) You get seriously competitive out there. 
<laughs> Sometimes it does. <laughs> that sounds good. Like a nice competitive miniature golf game. That's that's a fun time. That's totally fair. Um, do you have anything to show and tell this week, Josh? Yeah, I I watched a movie a, a little while ago. It was called The Girl on the Train, and it like it it really threw me for a loop. It was a very good movie. What genre is this movie? It was, I guess you would call it a drama. So, mm-hmm. so it's about it's about this woman who is an ex-wife to this man who has a, a new a new family, and uh, throughout most of the movie, we are just finding out like all of the bad deeds of this ex-wife. And then there's a twist and it just completely changes everything. And I didn't see it coming. And it's like, it's very, it's also very real life. I think there, there are people who really live that life and it just kind of was an eye opening thing for me. Hmm. I gotta see it. It sounds good. It's, Cause like, I'm not into horror movies. It's not my thing. Like scary movies, no. not my thing, but like, mystery type drama type you know those kind of things i forget what the official category is <laughs> but those, yeah those kind of movies i like so it's called girl on a train thriller maybe thriller maybe yeah you say it's called yeah, girl on a train the girl uh, yeah the yeah girl, on the girl on, uh, it might be it's either a girl or the girl but okay. on the train you have to check it out and then i also have been watching a series i can't remember where it's available but it's called Lovecraft Country, and it is kind of in that horror category, but it, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm not usually into horror, but this is an interesting show. That's <laughs> an interesting show. Where is it on? That one, I think, is on Hulu. Okay. I could be wrong about that, though. Just, just Google Lovecraft Country. It's it, So it takes place sort of in the... 50s i would say 50s and 60s and it's the the main characters are uh sort of a family of of black people and it's it's about a lot of the story is about how it used to be so dangerous to travel in the south and so there's you know for them and there's a lot of talk about that but then the story goes into kind of almost like a a sci-fi situation and it's it's just it's pretty interesting pretty cool yeah i'm gonna check that out too josh you're dropping a bunch of bombs on me here man i'm terrible sometimes at catching shows movies i catch them after the fact it's like terrible man i I understand i understand i'm slow to these things sometimes yeah Yeah, me too sometimes sometimes you get stuck in a a show hole and you can't find anything yeah and right now with covid like a lot of people stopped like you know directing and doing all these things and recording and producing and so like yeah slowed up a lot of the apparently apparently in oklahoma we have quite a film industry and things are starting to pick back up so what a surprise yeah (laughs) what are are you oklahomans is that what they call you yeah oklahomans you guys are a uh, sturdy bunch out there man sturdy bunch (laughs) you guys are out there just producing (laughs) through it all man it shut down for a while it shut down for a while but things i i am told are picking back up that's good man that's good shout out to oklahoma i'm gonna check how many listeners we have in oklahoma i swear if you're the only one josh it's no problem sorry if you are the only listener in oklahoma it's gonna be a problem 
I have seen one other guy on Twitter who is an Oklahoma fantasy football guy, but he does IDP. So I just I, I feel like I don't have anything I'm to gonna say. Need you about out there that. Be, I'm gonna need you out there beating the streets, Josh. <laughs> Everyone's out there. Just you know, tell them about it. He, he could be. He, he could, could be. be. Why don't yeah. you start when you go out to these little events that you frequent, Josh? Your little public <laughs> yogas and your bars and all these things. Start snatching phones, subscribing to the podcast, and slipping it back onto the table. Dude, I am. I, I'm telling you, I am more careful than you think I am. All right, I believe you, man. I just feel like you get a little crazy out there sometimes. I feel like well, you walk into the store without a mask on. If I, oh, I forgot, I forgot. I'm so cool. I forgot. Not anymore. Not I haven't gone in a store without a mask in a while. I mask it up. All I right. promise. <laughs> mask it up. Oh man. All right. That's it for the show. That's it. We're done. You can find Josh on Twitter at JC Crocker. You can find Adam, not on the podcast apparently, but on Twitter at the other FF guy. You can find me <laughs> at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. You can send us questions like our beautiful friends of the show did today you can send us topics you can send us guest suggestions we gotta have some guests up soon we gotta have some guests there's a lot of people yeah, that I need back on time. here there's a lot of guests i need back on here so we'll have them back on soon um if you haven't already slap the subscribe button drop a five-star review shout out to everybody all the new listeners i know a bunch of the card guys that i talk to a lot shout out to you guys in the card chat you guys are subscribing and stuff I appreciate you guys everyone on instagram twitter everywhere oklahoma shout out oklahoma I'm sure you guys are out there listening. Um, I'm going to get the numbers next week, Josh. You're you're officially on the hot seat. I will have the numbers for Oklahoma next week. Um, but if you haven't signed up, please do. Subscribe. Save Josh's ass if you're in Oklahoma because we're putting his numbers on the, on the map next week. Um, thank you for the support. We couldn't do this without you. Josh, do you have any final words for the people? I, I'm just I'm afraid that Adam is lost somewhere in his new multi-room apartment. He do fell think- into a second room. He fell into a second yeah. room. He's he's just he's lost. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, doors. If you guys have any advice for someone moving from one room, house, apartment, whatever, where everything is in one room to magically moving into two rooms, please send it to Adam. Look, it's dark in there. He doesn't know where the light switches are. This could he's going to have to wait for sunlight. He's going to have to get up to piss. (laughs) He's going to have to sit up out of his bed to get a drink. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a transition, no question. He doesn't know how to work the internet because he's used to plugging his phone straight into a Wi-Fi outlet probably. It's a difficult time. Adam is struggling, folks. We need your help. So please reach out to Adam because, again, he's not on the podcast, but you can find him on Twitter. Send him a message. Let him know you don't appreciate that he's missing it. You understand that he's upgraded in his life and that you're here to help. Other than that, as always, be kind, be great, keep talking.